It's rare to find artists that can bridge cultural divides so seamlessly. This is exactly what makes my next guest unique. His name is Yasin Al-Salman, better known under his stage name, The Narcissist. Yasin Al-Salman is a rapper in Montreal. When I visit him at his home, his music just happens to be playing on the radio. Yasin, uh, you were talking about some aid work that you were doing in Syria with some friends or, or helping do. I know, like, it's not home because that land is not my land. It's the land of the people that it got stolen from. And knowing that, liber that, knowing that liberates me to a certain degree, but it also puts me in like a limbo. Yo, this is your brother Yasin, also known as Narsi, also known as Ilyam Sheikh's beard, also known as the narcissist. You tuned into the Dukan show. Stay tuned in. Keep sharing your story because everybody else will take it from you. One love from the Middle East all the way out to the cold streets of Canada. Oh. Urban life. Neighborhood banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Dukan Show. Hosted by OT, Tuflis, Urshad, and Reem. Welcome to the tribe. Yeah, every That's time cool. you guys drop an episode, I listen, I listen to Susie's one yesterday. I was driving in traffic. Is it Thanks. too long? Three That's long, right? Plus, yeah. It depends who you have, right? Yeah. Like, if you're talking to Russell Simmons, you could talk to him forever. Mm. Because he has decades, right? But uh, I like hour-long pod podcasts. An hour is good. An hour is I good. Agree. Like a commute. I concur, yeah. including the music. Yeah, because you're in the whip. No, the music can be extra. You but an so? hour-long conversation is good. Because like, even in real life, you might have a three-hour conversation, but it's not something the scripted. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just hour. sort of... Flows, yeah. Yeah, we get concerned if we cut it short, we won't get the full feeling. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta go in, though. <laughs> like, like you don't start at the it. top; you just go right in. You yeah, gotta yeah. gun it, gun it right in. Yeah, it depends on the guest. Depends yeah, on the we, guest. We went, we went to we went to AUS yesterday. Um, we actually gave the campaign students uh, a project, which is to boost up the podcasting scene in the Middle East by ten percent, and then to focus on the Canada brand and create a campaign for twenty seventeen, and. They all just stood there and they shot us down. Like, Honestly, they because of no the problem. The, the, yeah, they, 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 they called us to task yeah. for all of the holes in our. <laughs> it's like you make this little project. It's organic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cool. You Nobody should great. panic about it. And they're standing there, and these like kids are looking at me and OT, and they're like, "It's not Arabic. It's way too long. You don't do anything on social media. You're not yeah. speaking to us. There's so many of us here. You're not yeah. speaking to us. Wow. And we're sitting there, and they're like, "And your logo." And then they don't say anything the else. Logo? They just What's say, and your logo, logo? period. Yeah. They, they, We're like... That's it. Uh, OT, yeah, but, I, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's um, that's opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know what? I loved it. I love being called to task. Because they hold up a mirror in front of you, and then you get to see certain flaws mm -hmm. about yourself. And Not, there's, uh, yeah, but it's also like, you look at them, and, and they're, they were forced to have critical thought mm -hmm. about something that we created. Yeah, which is great. You yeah. know, which means they're they have they have media literacy, you know. Yeah, yeah. they're paying attention. 
Yeah. I mean, no, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, man. Like I listen to more podcasts than music these days. Yeah, me too, man. Just because, and sometimes I'm not even listening; it's just playing in the background. Sure. Like it's I'm addicted to noise. Yeah. yeah. And I think that comes from being like an audio engineer. Yeah. But um, podcasts, they're great because they, it's like the new liner notes. I don't get liner notes anymore when I get CDs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to hear a Combat Jack episode with somebody that I grew up listening yeah. to that I wanted to know what it was like in the studio, I finally get to find out. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about like what you've been doing with Tribe Called Red and then uh, Most Deaf and everything. What's going on? Well, most and I. I met most in Montreal. You, you've been ghosting most for years, yeah, yeah, right? Because it's like you just keep seeing each other. This is what I understand. Yeah, right? yeah we kept bumping yeah. into each other, but in a weird, like not like he knew who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would just end up at a at a most show or a Black Star show, and I grew up listening to Black Star, yeah. right? But I would see Talib way more okay. in my youth. Okay. Like I've opened for Talib three times in Canada. Okay. And then I saw. T- And Talib would see me and be like, "Who the f- is this guy? I keep seeing him everywhere." <laughs> yeah. He'd look at me like, and he'd look back at me like. I remember once I went to a Black Star show, and uh, my boy Grand Theft was DJing at this X Games thing in San Francisco. I happened to be in San Francisco. I had never seen Black Star live. Like I'd seen Talib, but I'd never seen most. Oh, okay. So I hit him. I was like, "Yo, this was pre-Twitter." I was like, "Yo, son!" Like he was like, "Yo, just come backstage." So he took me backstage. I ended up on stage when Black Star was performing. Oh my gosh! Like behind the DJ, but I was like different view. I was fanboying. Like I was like, oh, like redefinition. And and Talib was like, he'd look back at me like, you know. But we never connected. And then Yasin came to Montreal. I ended up opening for him. And I was backstage, and he saw me, and he said, "Yasin." How does he know your and name? And you said. And I said, "Yasin." <laughs> yes, so he did. I know him through f- like f- like friends. Like one of my friends is friends with his wife. Whoa! And okay. they had spoken of me, and she obviously told him about me. Mm-hmm. And he had seen some of my work online. I guess I don't know. And your book has ended up in Talib Kweli's hands as well. Right? Yeah, that's it. And he shouts you out. Apparently, in Vlad TV recently, yeah, he mentioned yeah, yeah, you, yeah. right? Talib's a good brother. Yeah. When um, Yassin met Yassin. When yeah, Yassin exactly. Met Yassin. So I opened for him that time, and then he stayed in Montreal for a minute. We took him out for dinner. He came to my crib. Wow. He met the kids. Um, oh, he met Shams at the time. I only had Shams at the time. This and is recent. It's not that long ago. No, it was like right after Dubai. Damn. Yeah, it was like three years, three, four years ago almost. And uh, he left. He came back the next summer to Montreal. We kicked it again. And I Tribe called Red. Their tour manager is my DJ, Buddha, mm-hmm. um, who, who is from Ganawage in, in Canada, in Montreal. So obviously I'm a big fan of Tribe called Red. I took one of their joints and I did like a dub on top of it, okay. the, the um, electric powwow joint. Okay. And they were like, who the f*** is this guy jumping on our shit? <laughs> <laughs> we're instrumental on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I met them, they were like, look at this cocky narcissist guy. Yeah. Like, But I was I was just like, yo, this is exactly what we're, we're doing, yes. We're, yeah, but yes. with our culture, right? Because yeah. Nawada, my producer, was flipping classic uh, samples and and like drum patterns that we grew up listening to the Arabic music yes. yeah. 
And I would spit to them. So when I met them and I saw their show, I was like, yo, like, this is... It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It's just like, it's like subversion of how they present our culture to yeah. us, but they were doing it for, for, for indigenous people in yeah. Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were working on their new album and Buddha was telling me oh, they're working on the new record and I'm like yo I gotta be on the record and then, <laughs> you know me I'm like yo I gotta jump on one of them joints yeah. and I heard a beat and I was like yo this is the joint mm. it was uh, Stadium Pow Wow mm. which was like the follow up to Electric Pow Wow and I was like there's no way I'm gonna end up on this beat because like, it's one of the illest joints but then Yasin came to town you jump back I, I was booked to open for um Run the Jewels mm. in the winter, but there was a snowstorm and it got canceled. So they delayed the show to August 30th. And then uh, September, August 31st, is there a 31st in August? Anyway, the day after August 30th, and the day after is Oshiaga in Montreal, which yeah. is the, one of the biggest music festivals in Montreal. And Run the Jewels were playing at Oshiaga and they had that date to make up. So I was backstage about to go up and open for them. I didn't get booked for Oshiaga though. I was like trying to get in. It was their 10 year anniversary. I kept sending them my press kits. My new album's coming out, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, sorry, we have no place for you. Mm. Um, Yasin called me and I was backstage. He's like, yo, where you at? I'm like, I'm about to hop on stage in 10 minutes. He's like, yo, I'm right there. I'm coming right now. Mm. So he came backstage and I told him, yo, you want to hop up on a joint? He was like, yeah, hell yeah. Just like that, huh? Yeah, and I had never made music with him. Like it was a friend. We have a friendship. We didn't, it wasn't a musical friendship, you know? What? Um, so he hopped up. He came up on stage, and I was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Yasin Bey." And people in the crowd were like, "What?" <laughs> they didn't know because still his name was new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the change was new, and he had a hoodie on, and like he came up on stage, and then when he took the hoodie off, people were like, "Oh shit, that's most deaf." And the bookers from Oshiaga were there. Mm. Uh, long story short, next day, Action Bronson. No, so that night. The next night, we went to Oshiaga to catch Trap Called Red. Mm. And I hopped up and did the Electric Pow Wow remix that I had done. And most came up with me. And the video's on, on Facebook. So he was just like, do yo, 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 on top. <laughs> and I was doing my verses. And the crowd went f- nuts. Yeah. So, again, the Oshiaga people saw us rolling together again. The next day, Action Bronson had a set before Nas's set. And the, there was a petition for him not to come to Oshiaga because of his misogynistic lyrics. Okay. And Action Bronson was like, F- Montreal, I'm not coming. Screw you guys. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm not supposed to curse, right? No, 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 no you can curse. It's, okay. and, okay. and then, it's just uh, funny because I like Action Bronson. Yeah, and I like, I like <laughs> Action a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like, think they'd have this reaction. It's a bit strange. It's, no, but it was like a, it was, there was like a wave of movement that was going on that was like trying to block him. Yeah. It was like a whole, like, it was a Twitter movement. <laughs> it was because of his video where he kills his girlfriend, the Shiraz yeah. video. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, but... But it's... Know, yeah. He, there, there's, there's, there's musical life in him, mm. and there's a part of me that wants... You, he's I dope, he's wrong. dope. I know the video. I know inherently to a young Canadian girl watching the video, it's wrong. It's not mm. a message. But there is, if I were to be honest, uh, I watch it, and I'm like, I would like to see him perform. There's something about him. He's music. great. He's yeah. hype. There's right? yeah, I've seen him perform a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah. So anyway, he got canceled. Oshiaga yeah. called me all of a sudden. They're like, yo, we want to book uh, Mos. Oh. So I called Yassi and I was like, look, Oshiaga hit me. He was like, no, man. Like, uh, I'm here with my fam. Like, yeah. He's not trying to do a show yet. But let them, let them book us. So I was like, nice. all right, cool. So I called them back and I was like, just book me and Yassi together. 
and Nawad will DJ for us. Because his DJ wasn't in town. He didn't have his beats or yeah. whatever. Right. So that was at 11 o'clock in the morning. The show was at 3 p.m. Damn, dude. Yeah, so we scrambled. I was like, I, and Nawad sleeps late. He sleeps at like <laughs> 6 in the morning. He's making beats all night. So I was like calling him. I'm like, Hala, wake him up. Yellow, we got to go. So he wakes up. We get in the back of a van. They take us to the festival. We do our sh- our sh- our set, and then he jumps up on Kendrick's set and does the All Right remix, and then he jumps up on Nas's set and d- does the Major Look remix. So for me in my city to finally yeah. see Nas yeah. live, and I'm on the stage. Like when Kendrick hopped off stage, he can't. His bodyguard brought him in front of me, and then he went back on stage, and I like shook it. You know what I mean? So it was like surreal. The experience. Yeah. And for Yasin, I think it was a great moment. Like. Because he was about oh. to leave North America. And they called him Moshiaga because he was like, he hit every yeah, stage, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the next day, Tribe called us and they were like, yo, come to the studio. Let's drop a joint together. And I like that you got the call at 11 and you're able to execute <laughs> at man 3. Man shows up. Man has always shown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. I like that, man. You have to. I mean, you go. got to teach me about how to show <laughs> up. It's easy. You, you show just up. You just got to <laughs> run. Like, Put your socks on. thing is, there's no, there's no licenses. There's no nothing about that right? So but then set arrangement, the thing, who yeah, goes we just, where. We just did. I mean, we had 30 minutes, right? We had 40 minutes together. He did four joints. I did four joints. That was it. And Mariam came up and did a joint. That was it. So, like, um, next day we went to the studio. We had a seven-hour conversation. With? With Tribe, Tribe okay. me, Yassin, uh Buddha was there. Um, and then the next day, we went back and we recorded the joint. And I had the verse written like in my head. It was ready. <laughs> I had the I had the opening bar written for a year. Like it was something I had been manifesting, like thinking about. I was like emergency on planet Earth. You know, I grew up listening to Jamiroquai, so yeah. it was like emergency on planet Earth. That's what we're gonna do. Like it's perfect it's nice. though, but it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and that's why it came together the way it did yeah. because it wasn't forced. It was really like it was um, natural fit. And we were in the studio all looking at each other when it was done. We were like, "Yo, this is." We just did something. This is like an Iraqi guy, an Iraqi man, a black man, and native men. Mm. This is like America's worst nightmare right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Did you film it? Is there, like, I don't know. There's, there's footage in the studio, any. and there's photos. Okay. So if you go on their Twitter and stuff, I think they've shared some of the photos. I'm from curious. And Buddha's the photographer, my DJ, so he oh, has so. all the photos. Um... Yeah, and then, a, and then a, you know, we recorded the song a year past. Then the video... Then the album was done. Yeah. And then they were like, we want to drop this as the lead single. I was like, let's go do a video. And they were like, how can we get in touch with Yasin? So I put out the bat signal. <laughs> and then he got back. And obviously, Ferrari Shepard is a good friend of mine as well. And he was out in South Africa with him. Who is Ferrari Shepard? Ferrari is uh, Stop Being Famous on Twitter. I've seen this guy. Okay, okay, okay. And he's most, he's one of Moses' good friends. Or Yasin's good friends. And... Uh, he just did an album, December 99th, is for, produced by Ferrari, and all the lyrics are by Yassin. Mm. So yeah, that's it. And then I, I, I was I wrote the script. Me and Saw Guy and Bear from Tribe Called Red went back and forth and like tailored the script. And I was like, let me go direct it. And they were like, you've never directed. I was like, yo, just give me a shot. <laughs> Send me out there with my DOP. But you've been eyeing directing for a while. I've been like on set w- yeah. with my videos and involved in a lot of m- the visuals right and I've seen I've been in movies so I've yeah. shadowed directors you're paying attention yeah yeah I pay because I studied media so it's like when I watch movies I'm breaking it down so when movies are being made I'm breaking yeah. it mm-hmm. down right mm-hmm. yeah so I know the process and my sister is a director oh okay 
But I think it's also that you have taste. Like that was that something that's we, what we were discussing. About yesterday, yeah. I can you can teach someone, but taste, taste is that teach. thing yeah, that true. you're looking for. And your skill level when you're a grimy kid and you know when you're 17 or whatever, it's like I think Ira Glass said it. You have taste, you have it, but your skill level doesn't match it. Uh, and what you're trying to do when you're honing your craft, what is that practice? Is to Get to, get to your to your skill level to meet your taste level, right. and the fact is that you have taste, like, mm-hmm. and you and and you can see that in your lyrically, you. musically, design wise, you can see it. So why not in film? Like, yeah. why not? And film is like the, it's the ultimate layering of music, visual, storytelling. Um, it's like the final piece of the whole. Yeah, it's like of the, the amalgamation yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I grew up reading comic books too, so like to see comic books translated into the films that they are now when we were kids mm. when I was reading X-Men We'd by wish Jim Lee could be real. I used to see it the way it looks on on yeah. screen now you know yeah, yeah. so I always had that visual mind and uh and he was going through some he was going through some legal stuff with travel and and identity and mm. I also wanted to create a piece that was a positive vision of how it can all end his situation okay Right, so I was an emissary of the hallucination, which is the concept that Tribe had for the record they got from John Trudeau. Mm. That, like, we are the hallucination. All these people affected by colonialism yeah. are actually one nation called the hallucination, mm. right? Mm. And it's a, an imaginary land that we all exist on through music. Um, so I'm the. So if you watch the video, it's not. It's very subtle, but I'm invisible. Nobody sees me, but Yasin in the video. Yeah. So when we get to the border and the border cop comes up to him and is like, looks in the back of the truck, I'm not there all of a sudden, mm. right? Um, so I'm his spirit guide almost, right? Like I'm like a like a genie mm. in the video. Mm. Uh, I always say I look like a genie, like a yeah. Chef Moha dressed me yeah, like a genie. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, it was just like a positive thing. Like you're gonna make it out of this thing, you know. You just gotta find inner peace. And what do you think somebody in his position is struggling with exactly from your from your experience as well in the on the path I just think that uh, a lot of the people that I've met in the music industry and not just Yasin but Yasin's good like spiritually he's he's a very strong person mm. and that will can't be broken even by governments Mm. which is very inspirational yeah he's almost like a Sufi mm-hmm. you know yeah. even the way he performs mm. um, but I think the music game is not healthy even any creative indus- industry is not healthy yeah. yeah creativity is healthy but like Dave Chappelle industry? said it yeah Dave Chappelle said it he said like what is it in Hollywood why is it that all these people get get broken down right like why is Martin Lawrence running around in the streets yeah. butt naked with a yeah. gun yeah It must be because the industry is unhealthy. And then Kanye recently. And then Kanye recently, right? And because real, um, for this lack of better words, real people can't handle the fakeness. Like the fakeness is too powerful and it breaks you down, right? So I think fame is a unhealthy, um, it's an unhealthy life. Like it's a lot of people, we were talking about this outside, a lot of people taking, not giving. Mm-hmm. your fans you're expected to give so much yeah and your fans might give you love 
but they're also taking a lot of your energy. Yeah. Right? And it's not reciprocal, though. Yeah. Like you don't know anything about them. It's not I equal, think Relationships yeah. inherently need to be... Healthy relationships are reciprocal. You give to art, and art feeds you. Yeah. And you give to people, and we feed each other. Yeah. But... I mean, I'm a fan, and I, you know, but and and we get to exchange here. But the reality is, the world that we live in now allows for you to spit into this abyss, the vacuum, the, the, vacuum the echo chamber they call that it. That has right? the word love written somewhere on top of it. Mm-hmm. But it, at the end of the day, it, you can vacuum. you can hear echoes of you somewhere. Yeah, in the pit, and celebrities you know? aren't taking pictures of their friends. Imagine. Imagine the Kanye was walking around <laughs> taking pictures of all his friends. I love you all. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird. And <laughs> posting it on the internet. Yeah. Like that, would, he would get sued. Yeah. Right? He would get sued, yes. People would sue him because yeah. they know he has money and their their public, their right, personal yeah, image is being put on the internet. They would sue him. Right. But yeah. the other way around, can't you can't sue them. Because you've sold your public image. Yeah, it's yeah. Halas, right? You've given you don't own it. Given your rights away. You don't you've own it. Yeah. So yeah, that... And look, I... I I disagree when artists say, oh, I don't have a responsibility to what I say, you know, I'm just being creative, and that's like that, that whole, like, freedom of speech shit is bullshit, rights are bullshit. But why, man? You're a person who's looking at film and stuff. In film, they're exploring through art all kinds of things that are sometimes troubling, right, to the eye, yeah? But then in music, doesn't the same happen in music? No, I mean, look, in f- when Brad Pitt is in a movie... And you're watching the movie, you can't help but think, yo, Brad Pitt, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yo, that's Brad Pitt. Yeah. You see sometimes, you, sometimes people get so famous, you don't see the, the character. character. Yeah. But with a guy like Daniel Day-Lewis or whatever, he transforms himself and, and vanishes. Like, he's not in the press. He's not married to Angelina Jolie. He doesn't have 85 children. Like, <laughs> you don't know about his private life. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kept it that way in order for you to appreciate the art, right? But some people, let, they don't, they don't come in with that intention, not in, in a negative way, but they don't come in thinking I'm going to protect my my inner sanctity. You know, mm. um, with music, you know that a lot of people still to this day ask me, "Do you think music is haram?" It's like, mother, I make music, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big question. Think? That's your living. I don't think music is haram. I think your intention with music is what makes it right or wrong, right? Mm. Like. We were talking about this. If I was to be able to spread a message that is about numbing yourself or or escapism mm-hmm. and it reach a mass amount of people more than a, a song about personal freedom would or whatever, um, that's on my soul, man. I, I strongly believe that. That's karma. Like It'll come back to me. And maybe some people don't believe in that personal karma, and they're free. Yeah. Like a like a pre Diddy doesn't really give a shit, right? They're free. Yeah. He's free. Blissful. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. ignorance because he's not dumb, yeah. but he chooses maybe to like clear his soul of any guilt. He doesn't take on the guilt of that. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I can, I personally cannot do that. Yeah, yeah it'll be too cognitively. Dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, and that's heavy on me. I was talking to Moha and his friends out here, and you know, there's this generation in the Shabab International. I don't know if you guys know about these guys, uh, but Sheb Moha, yeah, so, uh, Sheb, the photographer, yeah. and all the his whole clique is like this, like clique of like young, yeah, Arab, like gender bending fashion, like. They're just like they're wild, they're wildin', and, and they're super dope. And they're being them. I've, I've met, I've they're being them. I love the way they just. And they, they've they've, they've made a great effect on the city here. Yeah. 
Um, but I was talk- we were talking about them the other day, and we were like, you know, do you guys even th- think about politics when you're creating? They're like, no, man, that shit is going to weigh us down. Like, they cre- have convictions. huh? Doesn't it create blocks? You're, yeah. you're a person who's, who's dealt with it, so I don't think it'll create blocks for you. No, for me, it's it's... I couldn't escape it because I was growing up in my formative years in not, after 9-11, right? Yes. In, in North America. Yeah. And I was traveling to America and it was getting in the way of my livelihood of my life. Mm-hmm. The xenophobia and the racism was getting in the way of me making money to feed my family. Mm. So it was inherently in my day-to-day. Like it, people started talking about me because I was Iraqi. It was the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was where, that, where was that? Was that in Canada or in everywhere? The yeah, North America, like everywhere, North America. The day after nine eleven, me and my sister uh, walked into the mall we were working at, and they were like, "Yo, we heard you guys were chanting like Allahu Akbar." I was like, what are "You talking about, man? I was at my boys' crib sleeping on the floor." Like, <laughs> this was what? in Montreal. In Montreal. That's so right. Wild. So immediately off the jump, it's like that's it. You're you get hit with it. So yeah. we were right away very reactive. Yeah. Even with our music, the early yes. days, Euphrates yes. was super reactive. It was yeah. like pushing back. Yeah. Whereas as I got older and I was pushing back for so long, I just eased up and I went this way. You know, I was like, I'm just gonna start writing my own story as opposed to being like, this is not my story. You know, yeah. Uh, whereas with these kids, they're 24. They came up with the internet. They they can share their story live on the Nothing's internet. Going on, and nothing is getting in the way. There's no filter in the sharing before the pre pre. But here's the here's the thing. Like, um, I feel like with Narcy, like with your time, you you felt politicized and you had to respond to that. But like with with Sheb Mohan, Karahat, and those guys. Um, they're aware though they're that's the thing they're because of because they're the internet kids they're they're very aware they're very knowledgeable they see what's happening they understand it but they're not as phased by it for whatever reason it may be maybe it wasn't as impactful the way it affected you but they're pushing out their message and and their story and their, their aesthetic own like, yeah. like the aesthetic that they've got like up until these guys came up on the scene you didn't see that there and now everybody's trying to yeah. get on that look yeah. right so they're telling the story like Moha, Sheb Moha with those photos that look like they were taken in Sharjah back in 75 yeah, yeah, yeah. right there's this identity that they're putting out there and letting people know that that's who they are and yeah. there's a whole there's a certain romance to it there's a beauty to what they're trying to define yeah. as their story Reem what were you trying to say what I was saying was I actually I was in Canada at the same time as as Narsi was and the thing is that um my experience was very different. I am I bec- maybe because I don't look Iraqi like off to bat, and my mom is Filipino, so I didn't have that. Um, I didn't feel that attack. But my brother, my and I guess it was a gendered thing. It was a gendered thing because my brother was profiled so many times, literally pinned up against the. And he was young. He was fourteen and just starting to become like you know, he's just starting to get mm. some ruckus going and. I remember needing someone like Narsi. I remember needing him to say, that's not me. I needed uh, the Iraqi in me, the Arab in me. To say, stop. I needed someone to... I needed that voice of dissent that was aggressive because the time was aggressive. Whereas, I can't say, even even though the media now... I'm, I, you know, maybe because it's in my newsfeed and I didn't have a newsfeed back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and now the media is kind of telling me we're under fire, but mm. I don't feel that fire the way I felt it then. And mm. I have to agree. Like, w Arab Canadians needed your voice. Mm. We needed someone exactly. to say, that's not us. Iraqi Canadians mm. needed someone to say that. Mm. And maybe now, as the tide kind of shifted, you shifted as well. Or maybe you shifted yeah. the tide. I think maybe he was like, it's. I, we were talking, you know how you're saying uh, downstairs, we're like, we question why. Yeah, but it seems like you just said, I have to answer the call. Right? I'm a guy who knows how to speak in this way and communicate so effectively. And he's a gear guy who started. And then you, you answered the call, and it's just been this snowball effect ever since yeah, then. And no, you're like, what happened? I, <laughs> I, I can't put the phone down. Yeah, you got to the. Yeah, it's like, I've so been three way like for like. That's a responsibility for you. There is a sense of responsibility for. Um, for what I. Like the overall story that I leave. Right? Because. If I was to turn around and play a terrorist in a film that was not multi-dimensional in the presentation of that character, right? Because as far as what one person might do, there's a history that brought that person to that point. But a lot of times in film, they don't present the history. They just show you the instant where the guy's blowing himself up and screaming, Allah Akbar. Mm. And that's just reinforcing a particular uh, narrative, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's a responsibility in my personal decisions towards the art that I make. And I'm not the kind of person that can, I could be in a room and somebody cracks a, a joke that's, uh, that's like a, a reinforcement of a stereotype and I don't call them out for it and make it awkward. I'm just, I've just become that person, whether it be through music or on a personal level. So my responsibility comes in the decisions that I make that people don't know about, you know, because they, they only see the end result mm -hmm. of the music or whatever. But a lot of the background stories are, are where the responsibility lies, which I I don't feel the need to share with the public because it's like, then I'll be showing off, you know, like, hey, I didn't, <laughs> I turned down this role because, you know, it's like you're yeah. trying it's like to get... deals you've refused. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Uh, I think that that was something that, you know, Omar and I oh, sometimes question, are we selling out? Is this selling out? Because I, I remember Narsi turned down to get, turned down a gig for principle. There was mm. principle. We were we were ready to go watch. I remember we were ready to go to support. And I wrote him an email, and it came. I don't know if you remember this, but what I wrote, gig was it? I don't even remember. It, it's this was almost, back in Canada. No, here. Oh, this was here. It w I don't I don't remember, but I know that, and I'll find it, and I'll, I well, we can probably post it. Yeah. But I remember uh, I was willing to go and support the gig knowing and the BDS movement was very important oh the creative time the creative time summit yeah. I can't remember what yeah, it was, it was a creative that time it? summit yeah. anyways so shortly after that I don't know why I just felt I compelled. remember your email do you remember yeah, it? yeah. I did I respond uh, yeah you did uh, yeah, you, responded. you responded with a one off like thanks whatever I was like yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah, word, <laughs> peace I, 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 yo <laughs> I see you yo here's my new single <laughs> the fucking here's the link by the t-shirt you get the single for free like here, here's yeah. the 20% promo discount. Yeah. 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 Coupon. Narcy BDS. Yeah. I, remember, I, remember, I remember that. And I remember thinking, okay, not many people would know. The only reason I knew was because I knew someone in the in, who organized it. Okay. But he had made a point to say, on this principle is the reason that I am not showing up. Like, it wasn't that he just, you know, he made it clear. And... I sat down and I sat with Omar and I had it in my heart to say, actually, when you did that, you stood up for all of us mm. and you helped me readjust for a second. And I needed that. 
because I mean it's easy to just be copacetic about sh- and just go, kind of go with the grind yeah. and it's totally mm-hmm. cool and it's an event for it's also creators. apolitical here yeah right? and it's very apolitical yeah. mm-hmm. so when he made it political something in me was re was was reminded you are you are you are in a position of power you are political you can pretend you don't want to be mm. but you are mm. we are and i think that's an important thing and i remember that i i think it stuck with me it stuck with me enough to write to you at like 4am or whatever I yeah i think and i think those decisions aren't political those no. decisions are are uh, i mean inherently they're political cuz they're tied to political causes and stuff but i don't make those decisions based on like I'm going to make a political statement more than it's like the kids that are suffering due to th- these decisions that we keep making are still going to suffer and they're not they're still going to suffer even when I make the decision not to do the gig but we should be aware that th- even those little steps that we take in effect down the line kids that are in countries that are get, that are suffering due to them you know Yeah absolutely Yeah so it's a human thing It is a human thing yeah. and I think you know, I wonder about that. I wonder about how we as artists have to evolve into this human thing. Because more and more... Explain that. I, I feel now, because a lot of what we do... he I believe he, that we should buy his music just for the music. But the the music, the art itself, is, is, is di- diluted, devalued. I don't know what the right word is. I don't have the right word. So, in a state where we he's got to sell a t-shirt in order to get the music, the music. you to listen to the how we we are the, we are supposed to be the gramof the the, the megaphone yeah. for the politics the society the temperature of our time mm. that's what artists our responsibility is in my opinion we're supposed to jar you awake like he jarred me awake mm. but now it's so di- it, it, it the, the the medium is diluted so how do we negotiate with it film I'm, yeah music i think it's a weird time though because like syria has been under siege for years right yeah. now yeah but Five years but because the press covered aleppo, aleppo yesterday now, yeah. you know everybody tweeted about aleppo it's a hashtag and put a photo on their instagram yeah. and all that yeah but like tomorrow are people gonna talk about syria you know what i mean yeah. like is it gonna keep going yeah uh and what do we do and i think also we're at a point where we've been controlled by our social media presence we thought that it freed and opened up our narrative and the way we speak and all that but at the end of the day we get taken over by the wave and we're like yeah I'm, you know i'm very i'm woke or whatever yeah, and then the, and then the next day the next day you're like oh sh-. like you know uh, let me retweet this kanye image and that's me like i see a sneaker post next to a you know a body count post yeah. for iraq so it's like things don't have value anymore like you're saying yeah and I I contemplate it's overwhelming yes I contemplate that devaluation and our place in it because what we do inherently is is speak and when your words are are okay so there'll be a post that's something like really important to me and then a makeup tutorial yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, and 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 that conflict is something that I'm trying I'm still trying to figure out yeah we can't do anything about it though it's just out of our control at this point okay look so awareness is one thing you said you mentioned staying being woke right I I feel like there's a lot of people who are woke now to a degree because we're getting the information but to translate that wokeness into action is where everybody gets stuck Mm. Um, you chose let's say to uh, take action through your music but people who aren't in communicative 
practices would take action in other ways but i feel like people are getting stuck in how did they take action when the problem seems so freaking huge yeah, yeah. you know what i'm trying to yeah, say of course it's overwhelming but do you sometimes feel like okay i'm an artist i'm making this music but what am i doing the things not changing nothing's changing nothing's changing yeah, of course of course but you have to get yourself in a position where you got to be smart about where you make your statements yeah so if ever if ever i was to be put on a platform where It's funny. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine at a at a third wave coffee shop in Montreal. Mm. We're having in latte and, <laughs> and we're sitting down talking about like identity and you know if ever and I was like, man, if ever I get on an award show and I win an award and I'm gonna scream free at our free Palestine. Yeah, yeah, some you know yeah, yeah, some old dirty bastard. And then the guy next, the guy on the next table came up to us. And he was obviously like I don't know if he was Zionist, but I could tell he was like the opposite of the way that I thought. And he was like, "Why are you trying to get in the Matrix, man? Why are you trying to get? Why are you trying to? Why are you relying on the system to have your moment? Why don't you read some books?" And I was like, "Like so, even within the like intellectual <laughs> sphere, yeah. there's there's um, there's conflict of how to do it, right? Of how to do it. Yeah. So okay. even if I became a millionaire, let's say." And I l developed a certain lifestyle and a certain like level of living, but I got richer and richer. How would I impact my community? What would I do with that money? What would I be able to, you know, like on a minute level with a Rockefeller, we raise money, we help kids, but on a, but what are we going to do to keep those kids alive to go to university to live their life to have children? To mm. you know what I'm saying? It's almost impossible at this point. Seriously. It's gotten out of control. Mm. So. You got to do everything you can. Every every little grain of salt. It's intention again. Every little grain of salt you throw into the yeah. sand pit makes the you know it makes it rise. So I don't really know, man. I don't know. <laughs> For a long time, um, I had another argument with a friend of mine recently, and I played them a Vic Mensa the Vic Vic Mensa sixteen shots video, which to me is one of the best videos of the year. Mm. I haven't seen it. But you should watch it. Watch it tonight. Yeah. And uh, when I showed it to him, he was like, man, you're a social justice warrior, bro. And I was like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of social justice warrior. Yeah, it's a new thing. Just like woke. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's just overhyped. You know, the media overhypes the death of black people in America at the hand of police officers. I was like, dog, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I was like, you're not black. I'm not black. But y you're... You know, he's like, "What? Because I'm white? Because of my white privilege, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, exactly." Exactly. <laughs> But he wasn't accepting that that's a reality. Yeah. So until you really like, really peel that layer on a huge societal level, those little instances are not going to change. So Do Donald Trump, for example, is an extreme pushback to liberation or like. I think calling it neoliberalism. The visual libera yeah. liberation of black people in America, which was a Barack Obama moment, right? It was like okay. visually we put a black man in the government, in the in the White House. That's a huge step for Black America. But as you see now, eight years later, uh, society has it was basically like repressing the racists, and now they're all coming out again, right? Mm. So Donald Trump just. Um, is an equal and opposite reaction to the hope, hope quote-unquote, that Obama had, but also uh, it justifies the action of these people that were uh, repressing their racism for a long time. It's just a justification for white supremacy 
that didn't have a space for a couple of years in the media. Mm-hmm. So it's that's North America, though. Because in North America, the big thing is dialogue, right? Yeah. We should, let's have dialogue with each other, even if we can't. So at the end of that conversation with that guy, when he was like, you know, you're a social justice warrior, he was like, yeah, brother, you know, it was great having that talk with you, brother. Like, you know, I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> that was horrible. I didn't, and I I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> so dialogue is a big thing in North America yeah. when it comes to rights. As long as we can talk and discuss. But nothing gets, nothing but nothing, Yeah, nothing changes. And that's, that's a, on a macro level and a micro level, that's a problem in North America. And a worldwide, I think, you know. Okay, but now you as a, as a, as a man, uh, as an artist who's got, I'm talking like I'm interlinked. <laughs> If you don't know each other. It's like a man. It's a man. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying, no, so you are, you're a, you're a man, you're an artist, you're a father, you got two kids. How's, how do you, wow, man, how do you kind of deal with that thing and then the uh, the whole art thing? They're two huge things, man. What do you mean, family and art? Yeah, family is one big thing, you know, and then art is, art itself is like its own child, you know what I mean? Like. I mean, is family that big? Like that big, like, whoa. Yeah, family. yeah. Yeah? It changes everything when you have kids. I don't have kids, so I, I like, it's it's an interesting thing to me. It's, it, it doesn't, it's like a paradigm shift. Like, obviously, yeah. it takes over your time, and you're, like, you're coasting, you're like 25, 26 years old, you're <laughs> like, yeah, I finally figured out how to, like, maximize all my time and shit, and then a kid comes in, and you're like, oh, you start, like. no time. Yeah, the time just, time no longer is in your control. It's in control of the small person that is is like needs your attention yeah. at all times, right? Um, but I guess the question is, how do you reconcile you just step that back hugeness for a bit. in your art? Yeah, yeah. You just, I step back for a bit. Like, luckily, my son came at a time where my album was almost done, and he became a part of my album. I was mixing my record at home. Okay. And Shems is on the intro of my album. Right. And he was there when I mixed the record. I have photos of him in the studio at home while I was mixing the album. So all that time I was spending at home with Sundus while we were, you know, in his first six, seven, nine months, I was at home working. Mm. I wasn't going to a studio. Mm. Um, and then right as we started getting comfortable with our time with him and he became two, three, we had our, our daughter. And that that's now. So that's why I was like an hour late today. <laughs> Because it's like, yo, I just got to make sure, like, make sure they're okay and they're getting home okay and I can roll out and do my thing. Um, but yeah, it makes you question, again, I've always had a responsibility with my creativity, mm. with what I'm saying with my music. But now with kids, it's like, what am I going to say to them? So now my music is for them, directly, you know, mm. in a weird way. Mm. But wasn't it always... No, it was for it was for like a uh it was for this like romantic ideal of changing the world, yeah. right? Yeah. But then it becomes like a direct visual the and like spiritual. The most, yeah. yeah, like I, the money I make off my music feeds them. Yeah. So there's right? like a direct connection, yeah, like so a visceral like line. If yeah. I if I screw up, then I screw their life up. In a way. This is what I'm... I'm That's my responsibility. I'm pants at this idea. <laughs> no, but it's very subtle. Like, it's in you. It's in our genetic code. Like, when I found out Sundas was pregnant, I was dead broke, man. I was here in Dubai at my parents' crib. Yeah. You know, I was struggling, like, trying to get a deal done, opening a label in Abu Dhabi, and it wasn't what I thought it was. And, you know, 
uh, I had to like make a decision. I was like, do I stay here and lose myself or do I just pack up and leave and go have my son in Canada? And then I, when I found out what the doctor bill was going to be like if I had my son here, I was like, <laughs> yeah, peace. I'm going to fuck out of here. We got on a plane and we bounced. <laughs> but he also, he also came with ease. Like, children come with angels in a weird way. They make it easy. As difficult as it is, there's like a, there's like a spiritual ease that comes with kids. You let go of a lot of your... You let go of the... You know how stuff that you, you don't need yeah like in your 20s you who am I what am I yeah, doing yeah, yeah, why yeah, doesn't yeah. this girl love me why yeah, 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 you know yeah. you worry about all the you know where, how can I get these kicks blah 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 yeah. then in your 30s you're like I know who I am right yeah. but with kids it's like I don't really give a shit who I, am, I, am, I, I really don't have time for who I am right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> you know so um yeah it came it, it came at a time where and it's in my album like you, the song that I wrote to Amir's beat who was the last beat that I got for my record before I finished it mm. and is the only song that I went and I cleared the sample for mm. and I gave my son and Amir um, uh, publishing yeah. in, in, at, in SoCan in the Canadian uh, what's it called uh, was because that that's the direct message of the album. People think that the opening track, Free, is the direct message of the album, but the song about my son is that message of the album. Mm. And he's on that song. Um, which is like, you know, be you, boy. Don't, don't let anybody tell you who to be. That's what I learned. So I hope you carry that with you for the rest of your life. You know, that's what the music taught me. Um, so the responsibility of, of children is... is Paramount to the responsibility of anything else that I do. This is the highest, one of the highest tests of uh, manhood as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's because you. I'm selfish, bro. As a man, I'm. We selfish. will be. We will be selfish. I'm still selfish. Well, well, how are you selfish? Just with, you know, like I see, I see my wife, and she can't be selfish. You know, they 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 feed they fed off they feed yeah. off her for a year. And her time is not hers. And she's got to balance a crazy artist husband and children. <laughs> right? Yeah. And she's an artist. Yeah, she is. And she has um, ambitions. Ambitions and, and plans. Which I have to make space for uh, to make sure that she doesn't lose those. Yeah. A lot of husbands don't, right? They think like, oh, I got to be the, the breadwinner. You know, you just be the mother. But I don't believe in that. Like, I want her to have dreams. I want her to chase her dreams and find them. Um, whereas as a man you're selfish you're like you know you're like yo I, I need to get out I, I need to go like see my homies and you know I gotta go do the show I, I just gotta go for a walk like you have those moments as a man and and you feel bad for them and you come back and you apologize and but you do it again yeah. because I have to like in order for me to and I'm a Gemini so like in order for me to create I have to be free yeah uh, Omar is the same way Like that, no I, the, our business is constructed mm. so that he can be free. Mm. Without that, we fail. Yeah, it's like, very simple. Like your relationship, the business, the, the yeah. Like yeah. when you, when the last time I saw Narsi was at some coffee shop, I think in Jumeirah. You were with Danny Neville at the time, like hanging out. And then I remember sitting and talking to you for a sec. Omar and I at that at that time had like minus a thousand five hundred dirhams in our account. And it was around that time, I think, 
four, four or five years ago, was it? Mm. Uh, where we began to think about starting the company. And I quickly, really quickly realized that he speaks for Palestine in so many ways. And he speaks for leadership and, our, and, and loving leadership, something I've never really known or seen in real life. And I knew that if I didn't give him that room, everything was going to come crashing down. But what that means, OTCs, well, like arguments, like full out, like back and forth, and then, you know, pampering and making sure he's, he's fed and watered, and mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know. But at the end of the day, we buy in to the greater purpose that they emanate because we know when I say we, I guess it's the collective female we that dates crazy artists. Worldwide. And like, yeah. <laughs> worldwide that decides to marry crazy Arab artists. Um, we know that there's a greater purpose and we see that. And maybe we give a little, but this isn't for us. It's for forever, for legend, for whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know how to explain that because I, you know, I say this, we need people like us here. And I was very sad to see you leave, by the way. Because we needed people like yeah. you here um, to stand as voices of dissent, to stand as beacons of hope. Mm. To st we needed people like you here. And I, I think my value is not here, though. No, I, I came to, that. I came to realize, like... Why do you say that? Because when I was here, people didn't respect me, bro. Uh, who didn't respect me? And I wanted him who, here who, selfishly. Who? Yeah, but like, who? Who? No, no, who? Is, it just, is it just... You want to throw shots right now? No, no, no. But yeah, yeah, if no, you no. want to, I'm not trying to make you, but is it the people you were dealing with or are you just talking about everybody? No, I just... No, I mean, not you and and like my friends, but... The industry. But on, the a, industry, on, a, no. on a... To jump back to that, and I'll jump back to yeah. this. I'm lucky to have a woman that... Uh, that can be like I don't need you to be financially secure as long as you're happy seriously yeah. it's not <laughs> easy to find yeah, no. yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and like and that's like uh, at the same time it allows me to create financial security yeah, yeah. because if I was working a 9 to 5 like you said my soul would die you'd die but I teach so that's like my 9 to 5 and, then I, cool, and then I have my creative as an MC you're trying to teach anyways yeah and then when I was here, there's one thing I realized about this place is that, and this is, might be colonial complex, is like, you're more valued when you're in the West. Yes. It's not might be, it is. It is the Like it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you're more valued as an artist or as a professional or whatever when you're coming from outside. Yeah. But as soon as I touched down here, and I, I, I brought myself here, no one flew me out. Yeah. I brought myself out here, I shipped all my stuff in a box. I, I put Sundas through it. I you know I I left everything in Canada and I came out here, but people don't see that sacrifice when you walk in the office. I was the rapper guy, you yeah. know, and you know I would get approached by fe you know festival organizers or whatever here, and they they want to give me peanuts, and it's like, bro, you know how much rent costs here. I can't even pay rent with that money, you know. Mm. Let alone get my my medical insurance for me to get my residence visa for me to live here like it was just like this i was chasing the the the, the baseline. baseline for me to just live here i didn't even reach that baseline by the time sundas was pregnant you know it was like go to abu dhabi do your blood test okay i got my blood test holy i was pregnant I can't get health insurance because as soon as somebody's pregnant, it jumps up thirty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. Right? I can't. If I can't get health insurance, I can't get my residence visa. 
Without my residence visa, I can't establish the company that I'm trying to start. Without the company I'm trying to start, I can't clear the money to, to get paid. So I was in this like limbo, and I was like, yo, I can't do this. But that's crazy, that's man. That was the pressure that made me leave. It wasn't the... Um, and, and when you go to people, you can't put that on the table because then you look like you're a, you're like a starving artist, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to do that. And that's pride. Like, at the end of the day, that's pride. But I was lucky to know people within the organization that I was able to communicate this to. And they were like, just go, you know. Do what you feel most comfortable doing. We don't want to trap you. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky. Yeah. Um, and there's some great people That you built with, yeah. That are in positions of power that are, that are incredible um, creatives but as well as um, humans uh, but yeah I just felt like I couldn't make money here when I was living here but as, dog, as soon as I went back to Canada I started getting emails about what? come back oh, do, come the back, show. do the show oh, oh Narcy's in Canada let's bring him <laughs> uh, you know you feel me uh, it's well, yeah so my value the value is when you're outside yeah. my value and my word is more impactful because at the same time I could come out here and there's no risk like, I'm not worried. Mm. I'm not going to lose anything. I, they might just kick me out. This is, yeah. Right? <laughs> Whereas when I'm here, I got to be careful of the uh, lines that I yeah, tread. Yeah. And I'm never, like, um, I'm never, like, against the the way that it's organized here. It's more like the freedom to just be myself yeah. and express and myself. And you're, you're used to being a certain way. That means you have to stifle that now when you change places. Yeah, even the way I dress, even the way I look, even the way I... And I have this problem at the university, I have this problem in the music scene, and I have this problem um, in the professional scene. When I walk in the university, although my class is very impactful with the youth and I've been able to grow my class, some people call me the rapper guy when I walk in a room. It's super condescending. It's like, yo, yo, they do the yo, oh, yo, yo that. thing. Remember we talked and about I'm that? Like, yeah, we were like, and I'm like, so annoying, man. I'm like, what the yeah. I'm like, what the Man. Yeah. And then when I walk in, when I walked in offices here, and I knew creatively my decisions can can trump all these people's decisions, they would they would do the yo 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 to me, and I was like, yo, what have I done to myself? Yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And then when I walk in the rap scene, I'm the Arab guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the two sides of the coin always blocked me, right? So I was like, yo, I'm a I can't do this, man. I left. And and it, it was it was very liberating to make that decision, but uh, it, it it stayed with me for it, it messed with my ego for a very long time. Really? Yeah. So you, something hit Narcy's ego. Yeah. Way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in what way? How does it affect you? I felt like a failure. I because respect I, that. Because mm-hmm. I had been working on this project for years, like. I wrote a 40-page business plan. I had a five-year plan. I had ideas. Yeah. I had uh, I had lined up artists with content, I books, visual this. artists, I musicians. Yeah, I, I talked to Abri. We yeah, made a business yeah. plan, an album budget, and then I just flexed. I bounced. Yeah. Yeah. So it made me feel like a like a per, like a personal failure. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'm never meant to be financially successful in a business. A capacity. Do you believe that? No, no. At okay. the time, I did. Okay. Uh, and it held me back. Like, it held back. Because, you know, when you walk in a place and you're insecure, your decisions are going to be insecure and it's going to affect the outcome of whatever you walk into. Mm. Right? Mm. And it did affect me for, for a minute. Mm. Until my son was born and I realized, like, 
all these adults they were babies you're like I don't I'm not even related to these people Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I'm saying like they're just babies with pants on Mm. like uh, this is the core of what matters right you know what I'm saying like it shed all that ego me and it was like can you do this (laughs) not can you raise a baby but like we started as that so all our Uh, preconceptions that were uh, developed after that are just um, ego. Yeah, pretty much. They are. Mm. I had a tornado yeah. in my life at that time. Yeah, and man. I just bounced, and everyone was like, yo, Narcy Whack, he bounced. Like, he didn't try hard enough. A lot of my boys here were like, you didn't really? try hard enough. Well, the running rumor was yeah. that you were just screwed over somehow. Yeah. That's what I heard. Anyway. Oh, really? Well, yeah, there was yeah. a running rumor. <laughs> 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 no, no, like, I mean, a month no, ago. I remember that clearly because. Um, Back then, I was still doing radio with Danny, and Danny came in that day. He was just steaming. He was angry. I think that was just that week when, like, that decision was made, and you're like, that's it. I'm out. And kind of, you know, you know how it is. We switched off the mic. We're hanging out. We're talking. And he was telling me what's going on, and he was angry for you. Like, he was frustrated. Yeah, because he was a part of it. Yeah. Mm. And, and, you know, Danny, Danny just lets it out. And he was just, they don't get it. And... They're trying to put us down, and he was going through this whole <laughs> just emotive <laughs> attack, and and I, I kind of saw that I saw the toll it had on him, and I was like, can't even imagine what you were going through. And I think he mentioned that Sundas got pregnant, and there was this whole thing. He's like, you know what? He's like, if I was him, I would have left a long time ago, and I wouldn't have done it. But I tried, I man. He, yeah, I think there was that there was the fight that kind of went on at that time that you're like. I'm just gonna figure it out, and eventually, things tumble. But you fought. Yeah. Nah, your ego needed a bit of a. I think I needed. A yeah, hit. I was gonna say. Life, life like yeah. God, that was you God's needed, test. You needed a bit of it. And then He gave me a blessing at the end. Yeah. There you go. Which and was I, my son. Of course. That was that was why I came here. Yeah. yeah, because I think one of the things that this place does that I'm always aware of, trying to like do and undo, is a false sense of fame, growth, security, craft. You do a little bit, and we we celebrate it. We celebrate it. You know what I mean? Uh, you can oh, you can shoot a little bit. Oh, you're a cameraman now. Uh, you know what I mean? You yeah. can you can spit a little bit. Okay, yeah, you're you're opening yeah, yeah. for Africa Bombata. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Like for me, I feel like you needed to hone yourself. Yeah, it was nothing about. It had nothing to do with the arts. No, mm. it's just yourself. Yeah. Needed a little bit of a knock. No, li- then, this yeah. place is very magical. The way for yeah. me, man. I was born here, right? Yeah. So I have roots here that are deep. unseen and they're deep. I'm not, I'm not in it for the. I'm not in it for like. Um, I'm not in it for the festival, you know, like the schmoozing. I'm not in it for it. Even when I did City of Life and I was at the film festival, I was the brokest one on the red carpet. <laughs> no, f- like for real, I took a cab to the friggin' yeah, red carpet. Yeah, yeah. I flew myself out here. Yeah. Uh, and I and I knew I was the broker, so I wasn't being invited to the gift suite by Diff to go get the free that everybody else was getting. I didn't get a hotel room, yet I put nine months of my life into In an that actual movie. freaking film, yeah. You know, and and Amir saw me like losing my I was developing so, Khalfan, yeah, you know. I think so. Um, and I, and that's when I realized like this is not f- for you, not the city, but the 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 chase. Yeah. I have a different pace in my chase, you know. But I love Dubai, man, because it uh it really it it's that check in my life. Like Montreal isn't my check. 
Dubai is much not like check like money no, like, but like the, the life check, check. Balance, the yeah. it checks me every time I need a check I come out here and I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> and then something happens where it's like pow I was like oh <laughs> yeah. shit that's yeah. why yeah. I came this in is why, yeah. Yeah. like the one thing about Dubai and I say it time and time again you are amplified under the sun you are magnified yeah, yeah. so what is good in you is magnified and what mm. in you magnified. is magnified yeah. and so you handle that your own way and that what the city is is that negotiation in groups individually within ourselves and once i learned that boom it was easy like dubai became, i don't feel that stress i'm uh, the, the pace the hustle conditions me but and it conditions us but mm-hmm. I know that I am magnified. Mm. So I watch what I put under the magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. I watch what allows come like enter these doors, plays around these 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 hallways are sacred for us. Mm. Like we don't just let anybody in to play after hours. What do you mean magnified? If you have a vice, <laughs> right, if you have you a vice, use, yeah. this is the city that will feed it. Right. If you're driven and you want you have a voice, this is the city where you do a little bit and your voice will be will be heard through the industry. True. But if you don't know how to handle that magnification, that all the bad things about you are amplified, then you stand to face yourself, the demon that none of us really want to face. You get checked in the face one time when you're not looking. And uh, some people crumble a bit, you know. Mm. And that's cool. I think all great cities do that to people. I think all good cities do that. But this one's still figuring itself out. But everything is amplified here. So you got to face yourself when you come here and you're like, ah, it's all too... It's too much. (laughs) It's all too much. But that's what what Rise was about, that film that I did. Yeah. I did that film in the last week. I literally shot and left the day after we finished shooting. Oh, you did? I didn't know you'd left. Yeah, like we shot it and I left and then it was edited. And... um, it was that. It was me looking in the mirror feeling like I didn't have a head. Mm. It was me sitting in the office and everybody was a kid. You know? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was me chasing myself in the desert. But then crushing myself. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like visually it doesn't translate and I can't really share that story with people but it was like the opulence crushed me. But at the same time, it was me that crushed me. It wasn't yeah. the opulence. I wasn't able to handle the weight of myself in this place. And I felt like if I stayed here, I might lose myself. You know? It was like a... You think we're numb to this? Nah, man. No. You stress out about it all the time. What do you look at? Like, the, what's, Since what? you quit your job, <laughs> you were about that. You, you quit were, your job? Yeah. Yes. Like, fuck. What are you doing? <laughs> much. Nothing. Nothing. My, my, okay. Not about me. It's about us. <laughs> my dad has lung cancer, man. Oh, man. So I have to go. I'm, I decided to move back to Sri Lanka. So long time. Yeah. So I got to sh- cut everything and go. When are you going? Uh, January 25th is probably my last day here. Wow. Yeah. But uh, alhamdulillah, whatever it is, man, we write it out, see what it is, man. Tests are coming, bro. Anytime. <laughs> you don't know. You know, I, I saw this test coming for months before. And I was like, something's going to happen. I'm seeing this. That's why I quit. I quit way before any of this happened. You quit when we started. Yeah, yeah. in March. So like, when we started to I was come, like, yeah. I need to be mobile. I know I need to be mobile. And I was like, whatever happens, I need to be ready to move. And then this stuff happened. Wow. Where's your brother? He's here. So, Faraz moved to Malaysia, right? Yeah. I went with Faraz to join him. When he went over there, I got the text oh. message. Yeah. I cut the trip short and I had to go. Wow. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, I've... We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm just taking... I don't think he's tackling it yet. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm just trying to, like... There's going to be something cool that happens from it type 
But we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Let's see, man. But you know what, Jib? You, when you wanted to quit, you didn't. You never talked to your me about your quitting story. Like, you know, I had this calculated decision. I think that it's uh, time to go. I've finished my thing. You were like, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna break out of this place. It's either this place or me that's gonna go. Mm. That's magnified. That's everything that you don't like magnified. Mm. Do you get what I mean? And then when we go to places, you know, we choose how we go, where we go, and that's because we've been to the other place, to other places that don't, that that magnify all the things we don't like about ourselves, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. and as a, as a woman in this town, it's rough. It's but good. but if you know what it teaches you is to, where's your dignity? Yeah. Where, where do is you draw it? the line? Where is it? And you you that's something that I you know. We try. I try to figure out. I negotiate with it. Some days I'm great. Some days I get the shit kicked out of me, you know. Mm. And you just figure it out. But this, if you can't do that practice, then get out of Dubai, because it's gonna. Yeah. It's also. It's not the city. It's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's us. We're not meant to be here in a certain way. No, it's also because we don't. There's a sense of, there's a lack of permanence in the city. That affects your decisions subconsciously, and I've noticed that mm. Europeans mm. come here, and they and this is a generalization, but Europeans come here and it's a money grab. Yep. yep. Right. Yep. It's easy. You come out Couple here, years, the beach, you're chilling, yeah. you get an ill crib, it's a nice brunch you get on paid, the weekends, yeah. brunches, fucking organic, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lattes, and then you bounce. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have a land. Backup is there. You yeah. have home. You call home, and you have right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with a lot of us, although I live in Canada and I have the Canadian citizenship and that's like the closest thing to home. If the fan in a Muslim registry gets created in North America, then it changes my whole perception of my own reality and that of my children's. Mm. And here what I noticed when I was trying to live out here was like nobody is building from the ground up because at the end of the day they gotta leave right yes and they, so whatever they need they're importing yeah right? and then like you for example you quit your job you gotta go back home yeah. to your motherland yeah, yeah. but if if you felt like you could apply for a citizenship here for example and end up being Emirati in the long run after you spend 30, 40, 50 years here then it's going to make a difference in the decisions. I'd make, make decisions to make roots. That means, you know, investment into the thing, you know, like long-term games. Yeah. You know, you think long-term and yeah. stuff. You know? There's no long-term. Yeah. None of the people, a lot of the, I would say 60% of the people that live here don't have long-term. They don't, they don't have long game. They just think round by round, you know. Most people don't want to try and jump from here to Canada or yeah. wherever, wherever else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's important. And it's important culturally to feel like you belong, and a lot of us don't have that belonging anywhere, especially yeah. here. Yeah. Even though I was born here, and I feel like I belong here, maybe like on Wednesdays and, and Mondays, <laughs> yeah. the other days of the week, I'm like, who the f- am I? What is this place? Where am I? You know? Yeah. It affects you, man. Do you feel at home in Canada, like in Montreal? I feel at home in Canada because I've been living there for 25 years of my yeah. life. And I know, I know the ins and outs of the streets. I've grieved there. My children were now born there. Yeah. That, that placed a lot of roots in Canada for me when my kids were born there. I get that. Right? 
because they're the first generation Canadian. So in now you family. have a stake in the fate of the country. Yeah. Now my kids do. Yeah. So like they, you know, I can go to the building where they were born and stare at it. You know, mm. it's there. And and okay. but I can also go to the building that I I saw my first snowfall when my father took me there in the eighties. Every time I drive by that building, I have like that. You know, in the movies where it goes like <laughs> the co- the color <laughs> dips so out, and you see yourself, <laughs> and then you're like driving, looking out the window. You see a little you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I know, like, it's not home because that land is not my land. It's the land of the people that it got stolen from. And knowing that liber that knowing that liberates me to a certain degree, yeah. But it also puts me in like a limbo, you know, because because I feel guilty, right? What do you feel guilty about? No, I, f- I I don't feel guilty like man, but I feel guilty like he contemplates his privilege. Uh, yeah, I'm privileged. Mm. Like that's something that was a part. That's a part of the Canadian every, immigrant story, especially for Arabs. If you're a part of the diaspora, like and the, the Iraqi diaspora is specifically. Man. Yeah, that's like that white guilt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you look back at survivors family or rel- well, yeah. survivors guilt, you look yeah. at relatives, other people you kind of wanted to bring with you. Like you know, if you look at the the and the and if you look at pictures of where I come from, you know, there's a village in the Philippines. And then there's Saudi Bedouins that landed in Basra. That You're Basrawi? I'm Basrawi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, the that's I. You look at them and you look at me, who somehow my dad and my mom got us in Canada, and I went to a Canadian law school. I found this voice, this mm. one mm. that has concise, incisive words. How privileged am I? And that's the gift that Canada gave me. Yeah. My brother, who's first generation Canadian, does not see what I see. His lens is so beautiful on the world. It's a bit blind, you know, and he knows it. So we're always trying to like, you know, sully it a bit, give him, give him some greeting. But he was raised in an art school where kids really like each other. You talking about Adam? Yeah, Adam. Yeah. Adam was raised in an art school where the first like, you know. Like where he was raised in the middle of a place where they said be be you grow, yeah. but that's the same land that in like there there was I don't think there was one kid who was indigenous in that school couldn't afford to be in our area. Do you know what I mean? And so that privilege I contemplate, but he won't contemplate. Mm-hmm. He knows it as the history class or a part of a university mm-hmm. class that he'll mm-hmm. take one day. This is a part of the Canadian Arab immigrant story. You know, yeah, and then you have Iraq, man, which is a whole other like painful like, you know, the violins on my records. Yeah, <laughs> the violins on my records. It's the one that they mix the five years. It's got to be the violins. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, it's like then there's that. Like if I go back, it's weird because kids in Iraq write me and they say that they're bumping our music out there. How does that make you feel, man? It feels amazing. Yeah. And they're like, come out here and do a show. What and it's like th- when I go to Iraq, I don't want to be a show. I want to. I want to be Iraqi. I want to like man. cry. And, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, I want to like you know go to my grandfather's house and everything. But all that is an, all that is an illusion. Yeah. Like all that is memories that aren't real anymore, right? Mm. So you know that's the that's the we don't have a home, but the world is our home. That's like the internationalists, you know. It's a it's a new it's a new thing. 
Yeah, it's the realization that our generation, it's the realization of the identity crisis that our generation has. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right? That our kids are going to not take for granted, but it's going to be an afterthought for them because the world is going to be different. Yeah. Like now, with our kids' generation, it's gender, right? There yeah. is no gender. Yeah, and all this. Uh... Like, and then the generation after that might be there is no country. All the all the yeah all the lines are being like lines are being broken, but the only one that isn't broken yet is like race and belonging and culture, and so it's like as those lines bl- not blur but break. Uh, the the th- contemplation of it doesn't exist anymore. They're just free, yeah. they're literally free. But then when you reach that point where everything is wide open, what's next? The destruction of it, right? It's like a, a friend. Oh, backtrack. How do you think? It, why do you think it's gonna be like that? Again, I was talking to Chef I Moha. I like this. This is dope. Yeah. I was talking to Chef Moha about it, and he was like, "Yeah, he was like, once there's no gender, then it's probably the beginning of the end of the world." But that's a big jump. It's a big jump. How's he calculating? No, it's a big jump. But what he, I think, what he's trying to say is that once you, you once you change the quote-unquote natural order of what the world has been functioning under for millions and millions of years you open up a whole new lane but it also has a great it's like climate change it has a great impact on the planet all of a sudden right Mm -hmm. because the way we interact as a people shifts Mm -hmm. and it could go left it could go right depends on how we handle it right Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think it's the end of the world But I definitely think it's going to impact our world outside of ourselves because we are changing the dynamic that has controlled the world for a long time to to a negative and a positive way, right? Like, But, And it comes from this idea that uh, breaking barriers is moving forward. Yeah, Do but is agree? it? I don't know because I f- I feel that's predominantly... The, the, leading, the leading countries or the societies that are dominant in the world They've gained success because they've broken boundaries, broken boundaries, broken boundaries. So, Kalas, now every boundary that's there, let's break it and move forward, break it and move forward. And then I think we talked about this a while back. It's like this idea of ethics, no? Ethics yeah. in things. So, like, decision-making and then ethics. People don't... Ethics don't will slow you down. The ethics and the repercussions. Yeah, because you got to move fast. It's hyper-competitive. Yeah. So, break the boundary. Think about what it means later. Right? But at the same time, like, we might break the boundaries... We might think breaking boundaries is a is a representation of our freedom and our ability to think and be open-minded. That but, is also true. But we do not deal with um, history. We don't deal with the injustices of history. So in, so, Amer- in America, you know, uh, and Canada, um, it's beautiful to see Uh, sexual orientation or, or whatever you identify as as being you're able to do that now yeah. I think it's amazing because people can just be themselves but we haven't dealt with um, the history of what was done to the indigenous people or the history of yeah. what was done to black people in uh, slavery so but and and yeah. even with it, with sexual orientation the history of the people is almost once you almost say This is this is it. You can be who you want to be. There's no inquiry into the journey to get to who yeah. you know. Yeah. Like 
we, there's a very little discussion of how Toronto was actually a site of, of warfare against yeah. like the homosexuals. It was a crazy. Was it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's like a gayborhood area where you could go there and be protected because otherwise you were going to get the crap kicked out of you. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You were literally marginalized. I mean, society's played the same story over and over again. There's no need to tell it. But what I say is in this, okay, you get to be you, this re- the this the history so the history of how you got to be you doesn't get told and in canada we deal with the indigenous by saying we there's a province oh, yeah. is let's celebrate the province yeah. it's the cash we you know they they have a card we know how to you know but the reality is what happens in the areas where indigenous people are supposed to be celebrated because the land was theirs is an all out annihilation of culture it's an all out annihilation yeah. Yeah. But do we do we sit and dwell? I'm not saying we sh- uh, obviously respect should be given to ev- the, all the history, but um, I find uh, it holds you back. Living in the Middle East long enough, I've seen like the baggage of it. Yeah, the baggage. It's of heavy. It. Everybody's carrying it, and it filters into the art because yeah. we move in those circles. Yeah. So you're. It's like okay, we've processed this over and over again. It's not changing the memory, the bad memory. You know what I mean? So do you? Because we don't have therapy, man. We don't do. We don't deal with it. We don't. We don't close chapters. We just write new ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying we don't finish the chapter. We just write a new one. Like instead of finishing the book, we're like, "Yo, I got a great idea for a sequel." <laughs> yeah. Mm. Before mm. you finish it. Yeah. Right. Mm. So a lot of history goes, and that's what the internet is now. It's like tomorrow is the new chapter. Yeah. Like and Aleppo. yesterday's chapter wasn't closed. Yeah. You deal. Mm. You, you you figure deal me. They don't. They don't like. They don't. They don't like. Um, we don't figure out solutions. We just throw pills at things. We do not figure out solutions. Yeah. Yeah. We don't find cures. We find we cure the symptoms, not the disease. Right. Right. So. What's the disease, though? Is it us as humans? Is it us because it's we have judgment? Culture? It's, it's judgment. judgment. I think it's a lot to do with judgment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that judgment's uh, a big freaking problem, actually. Yeah, it's judgment in every culture. It's it's judging what's right or wrong. It's self perception. It's uh, perception of the other, perception of self. Of self, yeah. yeah. You know, we judge ourselves, so we judge others, and yeah. then in, in the long run, we judge communities, we judge countries, we judge religions. We judge. It's all judgment. It's, it's all, all like judgment. a lot of it is judgment. Uh, yeah. And Tupac said it best, man. Only God can judge me. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. I, f- I find that we're in a weird place because of the internet, but also the internet helped it. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah. For some reason, I'm remembering all my emails to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't thought about them ever. But basically, I had this idea of creating a, an artist hub that spoke this, whatever this was. Mm. But this was six years ago when I emailed mm. or something like that. And I didn't know how to negotiate it. I didn't have the skills that I have now. I hadn't cut my teeth at all. I just knew that I needed to build it. Um, and I contacted him. I contacted Danny. I contacted Ali Mustafa. And I said, I need you. I, in my head, I'm like, we need a space to just do good work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, here's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for writing me. Narcy Artist Hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just... I knew, I knew I had it. I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I always thought you were the best. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I think that's kind of what it was. I just said I, we needed that. And this is an iteration 
of that idea. But for some reason at that time, I couldn't pull it through. I just couldn't see it. I didn't have it in, in me um, to do that. So that's what we do, yeah. And we support crazy ideas like the Dukan show. All day. All day, every day. So 2016 has been like this, man. It's, 2016 it's, it's been has been extremes. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever, we, like we ha- we had ups and downs, but it wasn't just oh it's, yeah it's you know up and down. And, no, they were you know you're hitting both extremes yeah. the entire year. It didn't slow down. Yeah, it didn't slow down at all. And now I'm just like I, I wonder if it's gonna slow down from here on though. I don't I don't no. think so. Think 2017 is gonna be even wilder. Knuckle up, gentlemen. Yeah. Knuckle it up. Be, yeah. <laughs> but I, that's why lately even I've been like just f-ing. you're in survival mode now. Yeah. Because we we're sitting thinking about why and who and should we should we not just go survival mode because it's there's no time for all this. Sometimes it's well. I'm trying to go switch east. from yeah yeah because I so it's like fuck this is it this is and the I'm, game I'm play in the, the state freaking of game. Mind where I'm trying yeah. to skip survival. I'm going from farmer to straight hunter. Yeah, I d- and then that's, that's if you come out the other side and ugh, okay. Yeah. For me, it was like you know like my heroes died this year, like mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali died this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You watched the whole yeah, Hamza Yusuf was yeah, there carrying it. Was it. Whoa, I was like, look at this legendary big. man. And I was in Cape Town when he died. Oh, really? Yeah, and we shot that, the video the day after he died. And like Muhammad Ali was, because we never had leaders, right? As young yeah. Arab kids, uh-huh. like, we never had Muslim leaders. We never really had any, but the black community brought they those had leaders them. for us. Exactly. Um, and what he did in his death, like watching his funeral procession, was like I, I broke me down. I don't usually cry mm. that easily anymore. Mm. Like the birth of my kids made me cry, but nothing else. Really, like movies don't mm. f with me like they used to, you know. Mm. But that sh- killed me, man. Mm. Killed me, man. It brought out a lot of things I had buried in my because it was a moment where he was like, <laughs> he was Tupac out the window yeah, yeah, at yeah. his funeral. Yeah. Um, and yeah being in Cape Town when he died and then going to shoot in all these areas and meeting a, the first kid that I met at, at like 7 o'clock in the morning in the Muslim area of Cape Town which I didn't know was the Muslim area I found it on Pinterest <laughs> you know and I was like this looks beautiful and we went there and it turned out to be the oldest Muslim community and this kid was just staring at me and, and uh, I was like Assalamu alaikum. He's like, Assalamu alaikum. Like, What's your name? He's like, Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. No, no, no. And yeah, it's just like all our heroes died, but then like self realization was big, you know? Yeah. Self realization was big. Like, I'm sure with you too, like finding out really, you know, big news about health and mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. but then also letting go of the things that were holding you back here, yeah, that were holding things. you down, a lot you know? Of things, yeah. So it's like a, it's a weird year, man. Just wrap it up, wrap it wrap up. It up. But I think <laughs> it's some, it's a lot. It's like it's like what you. I think we everybody's being tempered because uh, we be, we've been getting hits for a couple of years, small, small, small. Yeah, and now everybody jabbed. now everybody's oh 2016. But I think we've been getting yeah, we've ready. Been jabbed, yeah, because yeah. there's some there's there's, there's more coming. coming and none of it matters, but all of it matters <laughs> yeah. depending how you want to look at it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's whatever. End of the yeah. <laughs> it's not feel like nothing's permanent. Just make it look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Demons doing? you don't know. Yeah. That's the that's the you know that's Baba, my Baba. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, a bomb will drop if it drops right now. 
We're here. You know, uh, that's a very uh, Iraqi, the, the trees die standing approach. <laughs> you know. Oh. Anyways, I love you. Yeah, nice you too, man. man. Thank I you do. for joining Thank us you. and stuff. Do you want to say any kind of closing thing? What do you like? Where can people? What do you want to? I don't know. <sighs> man, yo, you send, send me an email. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> send me an email. I'll send you an MP3. <laughs> MP3s do they exist anymore? No, yeah. they don't. No, it's <laughs> not just like I'm, I'm. I'm happy for you guys to see you guys creating this content. I think it's an important uh, form of storytelling and documenting yeah. a lot of different voices that are in our community. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys for doing it. Um, Yo, and we often talk about this—the idea that you put out. I mean, I, maybe the idea had existed before, but you, as a person who has uh, reached in this region, you were saying. Tell your story, otherwise they tell it for, tell you, it for you, right? So, I think that's something that's going to last for a while because it's it resonates we, with a lot of people and everybody. When they try to tell their stories, they're using that idea. We have to do this because this is what will happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And you're seeing it from over there. You see, so that's a good thing. If anything, like when all this is said and done, you know what I mean? The echo of you is that maybe, maybe you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. all this will live on even after I go and he goes and whoever yeah. hopefully. I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like yeah, I think I think what you guys are doing as a as a collective of people um is very inspirational and and it keeps me connected and and hearing voices of a lot of my friends on your show. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, just having, you know, the the female voice and the male voice and just like an equal playing ground, I think it's really important and mm. people can find my shit. I'm not going to plug my shit. Where's Fitas right now? Can we call him? Yeah, or is it late? No, it's, no, it's, it's late. late for yeah, it's four hours it's, it's part of us now, and like I think it's weird. I feel an yeah. obligation to encapsulate. You have to keep it running. Yeah, because we we went back to like seven years ago when there were we saw you and Danny Neville yes. at uh, yeah Ijaza. Yellow sneakers. Yellow sneakers. The hat. And Where? Ijaza. The and Nokia, the Nokia thing. Yeah. We pull that up. I'm like, is that Narski? And I look and I'm like, you know what? Okay, it's for Nokia. Whatever, whatever. It encapsulated us, yeah. you and 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 you're your rap, you're freestyling with the other guy. Coming up can feel like falling 
Jake's elite My friends and enemies are the same once the game is deep Billboards and stages, my name has never came this cheap The narcissist penitentiary My bars are elephants to me Trunks rattle when you mention we I don't attention seek, but tell me what your attention be You here for a friendship or to build up on attention? Jeez, there's no way that you're reaching me Asking if I'm on my D like Alicia Keys Bro, I'm feeling clean, wanna lease a V So, my wife can live, we can eat in peace We bitter in the winter cause we better in the east If I'm hurtful, tell ya, I never meant to be I got my eye on the prize ring and medal Sign of the times like Prince in the pedal Everything instant, mints on the pillow The karma kill though, skin hard as armadillos And know that you could call a brother whenever you feel low 35 millimeter homies on the real though I hope you miss me when I'm not around, 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 around. If coming up can feel like falling down, 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 down. I hope you miss me when I'm not Bismillah. Showing living by the Z code. What the fuck is fleek though? Don't ask them, what do we know? What I forgot is better than whatever they remember. Never mind, I'm off it. It's quiet form. Time to put the temper tantrums to the quiet corner. Hush. That's enough, said the ruler. No suckers allowed to break bread or asunder. The daylight, lightning, and the thunder. Sun, moon, and stars, and the hunger. Abundance in bundles, blessings and troubles. Towers and tunnels, views and valleys, waves and peaks. Streets you from sun, planet Earth. And ain't scared of no Mars attack. What type of bars is that? Stay off my chat. How about they call me Riot Garments? Top five, dying on them. On them super fly slicker top bro, equal diving on them. You why you lying, homie? You won't play with my emotions, Smokey. Big chief heart rate, big beat, B E Y I seen straight jacket come clean. Big said it was a dream. Now it's a living thing. With you and living kings, I mean it, I mean. Coca-Cola, so controller, holy waters 
Middle East mode, sand glorious, cheat code in Babylonian Orient. <laughs> My superhero got the people power. Yasin and Yasin, you should heed the hour. With you and living kings, I mean it, I mean You are right, I'm on another plane going to its heights climb When I hit the stage laying in a light line I'm a young man grown when I fight time Oh wisdom, young fathers don't listen at all Picture me as your soldier, your martyr, your soul is my honor You go boy, hear that, you go boy And it don't be you ploy, pray that it won't be cruel boy Don't do it if it doesn't feel true, be you boy
guys enjoyed this week's episode, please rate and review the show. Let us know how you guys feel, be it on iTunes Podcast, or SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcasters. Hit us up with those five stars. And if you really enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with your friends. Let's keep the word going. You can always holler at us, be it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, anywhere it might be, at the can show we love talking to you guys we love hearing from you you can even get at me personally whether on instagram twitter facebook soundcloud you name it it is at ot official and for more information and access to some really cool and exclusive content get at us on our website it's www.dukkanshow.com guess what you can subscribe to our newsletter where we'll be dropping and sending you guys some really cool exclusive content see you all next week peace Okay, challenge. Leave your phone unlocked and right side up. Walk out the room without throwing your bitch off balance. It's either on or off, ain't no in-between when it's valid. I seem to want to talk more and more about what really matters. I've seen my aura hop out my torso and hit her backwards. Flip watching you skip down my corridor, fuck a ballad. Don't need shit on the side no more, I just know fuck a salad. I often have awesome thoughts of tossing this softer palette. So when we fall, any wall, any stall, any crawl, any pause, any scar, any tar, any dog, will dissolve, kill them all, build a bear, build them all, Build it where it won't fall, give it all, give it my all, yeah Don't wear any draws, any bra, any more In it raw, in it raw, I'm in all, I'm involved Come in law, come in all, stomach wall Kermit frog, jump off London fog Bridges in the midst of call, girls, my woman calls Unicorn, you my porn, porn, porn I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know I don't know, will this bitch click over for me? I'm in love, will this woman click over for me? Over for me, over for me, is it over for me? Over for me, over for me I don't know Over on me If I go that way She go that with me Should I not be so open I mean Open I mean You know what I mean Know what I mean I don't know
fresh dates, warm plates. Much grace, I'm the love, life is great. The night prayer, feeling in the night air. Fresh rainfall, it's the right air. The waves right there. We experienced this today. Above all, we been blessed today. Same as every day. In a special way. Na na, na 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 na. Local time. Na 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 na. The local time is now. Whoever you are, no matter no how. The moon and the waves, the breeze and the clouds. Whoever you are, the local time is. Na na. Na 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 na, na 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 na, master master. Na na, na 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 na, na 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 na. No greater love. Say you love it. No let it go. Can't run from it. No other place to go. Say you love it. No. Living what I mean it. I caught her out with a 
would uh, open up such truth as the truth of God uh, to the people. I do think that he's within his right to stay out of the sight of the people until he has uh, uh, won everything to himself, as the Bible referred for us to it like this, that uh, he's something like a king looking for a kingdom. And that he go and he uh, visit uh, the people and then he leaves the people and goes away and wait until the time when that he can secure the kingdom. Then he returns to the people that uh, he had made himself uh, manifest. So I think that is a pretty good uh, answer. Well, uh, I can't do anything without consulting my crystal. Let's uh, go inside here. We'll uh, come along, I'll show you. That's right here. Sit right down here. That's it. <laughs> this, uh, this is the same genuine, magic, authentic crystal used by the priests of Isis and Osiris in the days of the pharaohs of Egypt, in which Cleopatra first saw the approach of Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony and, uh, and so on and so on. Now, uh, you, uh, you'd better close your eyes, my child, for a moment in order to be better in tune with the infinite. It's frustrating when you just can't express yourself. And it's hard to trust enough to untrust yourself Stand exposed and naked In a world full of hatred Where the sick thoughts of mankind control all the sacred I pause, take a step back Record all the setbacks and Fast forward towards the stars in the jetpack My feet might fail me My heart might ail me The synagogues of Satan might accuse and jail me Strip crown nail me Brimstone hail me They might defeat the flesh but they could never ever kill me they might could feel the music, but could never ever feel me. To the lawyers, to the sheriffs, to the judges, to the debt holders and lawmakers. Fuck you, sue me, bill me. That name on that birth certificate, that ain't the real me. The lies can't conceal me. The sunrise and the moon ties and the sky's gonna reveal me. My brain pours water out, my tear ducts to heal me. My law's too beneficent. The message grab a hold to every ear and get whispered in. The waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening. The universe is listening. Be careful what you say in it. My grandma told me every bed a nigga make, he lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. Work is on the outside, staring out the windows is for love songs and house flies. Tomorrow 